as we wake up to sight as a baby we are appalled and enthralled by the world around us we are drawn to it in countless ways through countless people objects senses and we begin to engage with it in a certain way fashioned by the entire past evolution and then we try to understand what this world is we reach dead ends blank walls we go deeper and deeper in search of its reality but there comes a time beyond which we are unable to go further and then we don't understand because the ultimate reality is missing the ultimate truth which can reconcile all these many many objects people events circumstances so when we reach that blank wall we start using mysterious terms which mean as little to the user as to the consumers of those terms for example fate we don't know really you know it's a nebulous term which can mean a whole lot of things or we use the word chance so that's the more scientifically accepted word chance we don't know why it happened some of us get tired when we are unable to go beyond a point and we say perhaps this is the limit last limit to which we can reach others construct around them a belief system they supplement their lack of sight by borrowed light from those who have seen something glimpse something so in a way it takes care it's like a supplement but as we have been discussing yoga goes further and deeper it's not happy just with borrowed light and borrowed light has lot of uh, issues so it it must awaken to that original sight which can see things as they are we don't see things as they are and this is we know it's scientifically true we see images not reality we perceive constructions which our mind does picking up the data raw data through the channel of senses it constructs things but the real truth escapes us the truth which we started with is hidden behind this world and the way to arrive at that is the process of yoga now when we engage through yoga and arrive at some glimpse of this reality the entire understanding changes it like a reversal of consciousness we don't see things in their surface we see things in their depth it's very interesting even the evolution is going on along these lines for each level of evolution there is a way of beholding this world it's very interesting you know biologists uh, nowadays they have done lot of research on sight and we very interesting when we read mother's agenda on the transformations she spends a lot of time on sight how sight gets transformed so the original sight at a material level is of course the sun which beholds all things the its symbol of the sight that looks at the material creation what about the biological organism the sight is one organ which starts very very early any wild guesses when does sight start sun imaginable starts in a bacteria it's not called sight it's called a photoreceptor cell the sun has created a little unit inside us you know this example is very important to lead us towards that the sun has created a little spot it's called actually a photospot inside a little organism minuscule of the minuscule to receive something of it and with that light reflected navigate to the world so all that a bacteria knows is light and darkness doesn't know anything else and all that we know is darkness <laughs> that's a <our> tragedy <laughs> and then this photospot evolves into a chromospot and more and more complex it's an amazing you know scientists spend lifetime studying how sight evolves it's amazing so whole thesis in itself till we uh, reach a point in animal evolution where you have sight which is on the two sides 
This is monocular vision. You know, animals uh, who are particularly uh, preys, they have this kind of sight because it's needed. They have to defend themselves. So they must be able to see this way, that way. And those that prey, they develop sight more and more converging on the forefront with the ability to converge because they need to have a little depth. This is sacrificed for this. And we as human beings have largely that kind of eyes, but more and more looking forward, very symbolic. We stand direct, we look forward as, as if we are meant to walk forward, as if we are meant to walk straight. All this is happening very biologically, materially. And from this binocular vision, which is something like within our brain, there is a fusing of images, much, much like you know Photoshop, the original Photoshop. And we see images which is not the reality. It's a fusion of images. It, it has its advantages. It gives a certain depth. But it's a construct. Still, this look at the symbol of this sight. We have two eyes. As if they are shaped by a consciousness which lives in duality. The mind has shaped this sight. So, just as a little um, bacteria perceives only light and darkness, human beings... Uh, they have now this sight has got mentalized. It's a big problem. You know, ever see an object, anything, we don't see it only with the eyes. Something of the mind gets into it. That's why it's so difficult to recreate an image ever just by uh, the physical sight. Because invariably, without our knowledge, the mind has intervened and it's created an image. That's how we constantly judge. You know, some, someone was speaking about being non judgmental. Constantly, because mind is adding to it. Every form has been slotted, categorized. Color has been slotted and categorized. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> because that's how our sight beholds. And then it divides life into good and bad, right and wrong, sacred and the profane, spiritual and the worldly. Because this, this we live in duality. So that's all. Perhaps that is the uh, meaning behind Shiva's story of the third sight. Third sight is not just something uh, miraculous and magical. Suddenly, you know, an eye opens and light rushes out of it. Well, that's a nice thing. It gets TRP for the television channels. But the third sight is a sight that looks at the world with a singularity of vision. That's why Shiva can't be fooled. When Kama comes to him, Kama is what a whole world of desires. What does Shiva do? He looks at Kama... And reduces it to its original reality, which is formless. And what does he see behind all this place? He sees Mother Parvati sitting there waiting for him. Because he is able to see behind this many-fold, varied world play, the vision of the one Divine Mother who is waiting for him. That's why. Otherwise, it's a strange story that on one side he destroys Kama, then he gets married to Parvati. It's precisely because he has been able to destroy it. And how he is able to destroy it? Because he is able to see with the singularity of vision. With evolution, this singularity of vision begins to develop in human beings. Because a new consciousness begins to operate. Then we are able to see with open eyes God's play in the world. Because we are freed from dualities. Otherwise, all the time we are caught up. Good event, bad event. So we have an explanation for a bad event. We have an explanation of a good event. So bad event is all kinds of these uh, dark forces and good event all because of the gods and the titans ever engaged in fight. And then we end up blaming ourselves. So I am a bad person, I am a good person. All the time we are sing uh, seesawing between these two poles. But a singularity of vision sees the one everywhere in and in everything. This is where yoga helps us to ascend. And it's great. Individual yogas have, you know, they lead to this point. But what happens I have developed this vision, but what about the world around me? The world is living with dualities, the world is living with multiplicity, it doesn't understand. So, the situation becomes either of a person with sight living amongst blind men. It's not easy, because you can't communicate anything. That's why people who begin to develop, nowadays children feel this, they feel like strangers. Sometimes even some of us, at a younger age, we felt like strangers. And we felt misunderstood because it's a different way of seeing. We are seeing the same thing but seeing very differently. Because the sight is beginning to change, a new element is being added to whatever we are seeing. 
and because one is unable to communicate this vision to the rest around either one makes one of the choices either one curses or condemns or abandons the whole effort withdraws into some they can't understand me and i can see but they can't see so there is no point in there is no ground of communication and it withdraws that's what creates yogis engaged in individual self evolution but as we know individual self evolution can only go up to a point because that's not the original intent of creation the intent of creation is the one playing with multiplicity and if i may use the word mother has used a term for this kind of spirituality which is only about me and mine i have my guru he gives me a gyana and i develop fantastic experiences all right to all these experiences are worth nothing when it comes to the world mother has used the word misguided and egoistic mysticism it's a selfish spirituality let's look at it squarely where we say okay i have evolved maybe i'll enter into moksha after my death or a salvation beyond about the world well it's imperfect it will remain imperfect and so be it but we see today a new aspiration is planted in the earth it's there there are more and more beings who are concerned about the way the world is they want to do something about it they want to play with it as the divine would play in this world and that is why we have this new need of this new yoga the yoga of transformation which is not only about my individual transformation but about the world transformation now this is a mammoth task because in individual yoga i have a change of consciousness within the premise of yoga is that we suffer we struggle we look at things we are you know all this suffering which we want to escape or the conditions of living even the outer circumstances are not governed by anything external but by the state of consciousness in which we live in so if we don't change this consciousness we'll only keep running from one circumstance to another and the end result is going to be the same i often recount the story of my friend who was in search of an ideal partner and after four went out of his life for the fifth one he came to me one morning hi doc i have a advertisement i said what do you want to advise he is a big man he was doing very well in supercomputers and all that those days 80s I said, "What is this advertisement for? You don't need an advertisement. You are a well-known person." No, no, no. Look at it. So you know there is a thousand-word advertisement about finding the ideal person for his life. <laughs> All convent-educated, this, that, you know, blah, blah. I said, "You know what? <laughs> this model doesn't exist." <laughs> so, anyways, got married, lasted 15 days <laughs> because. it's the same we keep repeating see this is the this is the problem that's when people think yoga is for old age well old age the only yoga is maran yoga <laughs> not sharan yoga the only yoga yeah mara death is a kind of yoga you die so your soul is taken step to step ultimately where do you reach you reach the lap of the world mother that's what happens after death so it's a kind of yoga which is not known but it's a nature's yoga which is called marani yoga ultimately you will reach the source <laughs> only to come back again because the task is not finished so that yoga has no meaning so now individual change of consciousness okay yogis had some kind of glimpse but only up to a limit because this world play will not allow now shubindu engages in a task called as change of world consciousness this is now unprecedented individuals engage in lot of sadhana practices etc etc to have a little glimpse how is the world consciousness going to change he said i'll do the tapasya for that so what was shivindu doing for 30 years 40 years in of course some rooms got changed 40 years in one place seat of tapasya changing the world consciousness meaning thereby bringing a new consciousness into this world which will automatically begin to evolve humanity into a new vision of self and things 
can't even imagine. Meaning thereby, children of the future will be born with singularity of vision. They don't have to read through books of Vedanta and understand what this means. In, because they, are, they will be born, they will see things, they will live the Vedanta. And if you don't believe it, look at just an example even in the very beginning of this new cycle. Look, you know, Kabir took so much effort, he writes in one of his uh, plenty of Dohas where he was, he was iconoclast, he was, you know, troubled by all the things in society. So he says about it that, you know, um, there are people who think that by, if growing a dadi, you could become a um, one with God, then the bakra, the goat will be the first. <laughs> And then he says that, you know, the this is for the Malvi, the Pandit also. He says by, you know, doing these postures, you will uh, realize the divine. Then all the animals would have by now realized. He, he, had, he was very hard eating. Now today's children are freed from this. They live in a larger space of time spontaneously. It's just happening. Why? Because the consciousness of the world has taken a leap from the mental to the supramental. This is the event that the mother refers to on 29th February 1956 that the very atmosphere of the world has changed. Several places she says. She says now the very fact that you breathe in today's times you are absorbing this new consciousness whether we know it or not and it is going to shape our instruments. It's very important the shaping of the instruments. You know, why transformation so important. Imagine a person who has learnt all the intricacies of the highest possible software in the world. I don't know whatever it is. Maybe America or I don't know. America, a lot of people come from India. So I don't know who knows better. But anyways, let's say that in America you have the best software and people have learned, learned everything and go back and they have to work in a rural setting. And the computer they have is the old computer. So what does he do? He has all the knowledge inside but he cannot apply it. The instrument is not equipped. That's why there is a need to also upgrade the hardware. And that's precisely what is going to happen in this new cycle. Not just about inner experience. The mind, the life force, the heart and the physical body. They are all going to expand and grow and evolve. The first signs are already happening. The mind of today's children is really expanding beyond what we can conceive. And we can look at it this way, we can look at it that way. You know, there was a, you know, WhatsApp is a very good source of entertainment, not for knowledge. But again, if you look at it, you discover many interesting things. So somebody sent a WhatsApp where there is a boy who is getting a haircut and at the back of his scalp, he has made a uh, girl's image. A new hairstyle. So, the song which is running as a tagline, those who know Hindi, I'll, um, in English also I'll say, says, Dekh tere sansar ki halat kya ho gai bhagwan. Kitna badal gaya insan. Lord, look at your world, what has happened? How much man has changed? The sun didn't change, the moon didn't change. Chand na badla, suraj na badla. Badla nahi jahan. The world has not changed, but man has changed. Very, you know, with a sulky mood. What is this? Is this in our time? Our time, our time. Your time is gone. Today we are moving towards one gender. So this boy is having a... <laughs> if you look at the boy from behind, he looks a girl. <laughs> and look at him from the front, he's a boy. This is a unique expression, creative outburst. <laughs> Then, you know, another WhatsApp which I saw some time back that look, you know, how much human beings have changed. And said the olden time, you know, we used to sit together and have a meal, family. We don't know when it happened last. Now children are all sitting together, but each one is on his phone. So it is seen as, oh my God, what a terrible thing. And they talk about supramental age. Look what's happening. Everything is helping. Mother, has, when she was asked about the third world war, she said, do not worry, it is the new age. Everything, everything that is happening is going to lead us towards that. Everything. We may not understand, that's our problem, not God's problem. 
we need to look at it. Now look at the same sight. Earlier we were shrunk into a family. We were having discussion with the family, we were living for the family, we were living by the family, for the family, by the family, of the family. Family was the beginning and the end of everything. Today children don't care. Good they don't care. They are not going to live for family. Those days are gone. We must learn to accept that there is a world out there. They belong. They are global citizens. And they have a family. But their family is expanded so much. You know. Sometimes people don't realize. I have some Indian friends who hesitantly will tell me. You know. Um, my child. He's, uh, you know, he's dating with a white girl. I said, what's wrong with it? You see, not a human being. <laughs> Are only Indians human beings? Everybody is a human being. It's a good sign. It's better than, you know, he is so, look at how the hearts are expanding. It's unimaginable. All the various, that duality of vision, good and bad. And everywhere, this is breaking limits. You know, in India, there was a movie where an old man, he was marrying a young girl. All these things, unimaginable. And we may, we may keep on singing the song, old song. Barbad ho gaya, kharab ho gaya. God cares to hoots about all our, you know, goods and bads. Because he is beyond good and bad. For an age, something is relevant. For another age, for a mental age, we need these scaffoldings to navigate through life. We can't. We, a person living by mind needs some props. He will be lost in an ocean. He needs to know which way is north, south, east, west. But this is not how the divine beholds this ocean. He sees it in totality. And that is the vision that is going to develop. How does it develop? It starts by breaking down all the patterns. And a new thing which will emerge. Now in between there is a period of confusion. This is what we are going through. It's okay. Sometimes confusion is... Part of the play. Watch the football match. Sometimes you suddenly see in the middle is confusion. You think, oh, the goal is going to be here and suddenly things change. The unexpectedness of the play increases during such moments because the fixed orders are broken. This is what is there in the story of Sati where, you know, uh, Daksha is killed and uh, Sati goes into the fire. Shiva goes into trance. First he goes into intense pain and anguish. Because the whole world is destroyed. But Sati is reborn as Parvati. She will come back. A new consciousness is coming. In every sphere we see this happening. And this is what is meant when it is said. It's an age of universal spirituality. Spirituality itself had got stuck into fixed forms. Which was like, more like creed and cult. So you had my guru, his method. Sometimes the same thing, you know, when mother was asked about pranayam. She says, yes, yes, both Shurabindra and myself have done it. People make so much fuss about it and they make it, you know, appear so dangerous. As if you do this, you will die. And then there are schools because, you know, you have to give some variation. Instead of saying, follow a cycle of 12, 12, 12, you say, follow a cycle of 12, 8 and 16. So it will help you. So it's a new brand. And a new brand gets more money. It's like when you go to do shopping. You, you see the same stuff but in different ways. And little variation here and there. And she very casually in a conversation reveals what she used to do and what could be helpful. Doesn't charge any money for it. Except you know you have to just go through that document. So simply, so beautifully. So, But old spirituality was like a brand. It was selling itself like a brand. And its result was religion. Because after a time when the original founder goes away, then you have the religion. All religions start with spirituality. Surely, you know, the great ones, the luminous ones, the shining ones, they had the great vision. They had a wonderful glimpse. But then it comes and the classical sign of this change becomes when all who saw declared there is but one God. Now the followers can't understand. They say there is but one God and that is my God. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Just three words. My God is the only God. Then comes, then my God is the true God. 
Then comes the extreme step. My God is God and all others are infidels. Then finish them from this face of earth. <laughs> and poor God must be weeping if he has, you know. <laughs> but he is the one who is breaking this. Because this can't last. World is moving forward. It will collapse under its own weight. This kind of a thought. So cults, creeds came up. And then from cults, creeds with strict, isolated schools. Where you are not supposed to enter and know. You know, that famous story of Madhavachare where, uh, I think it is Madhavacharya or uh, Ramanuj, uh, probably Ramanujacharya, where his guru told him a mantra and said, don't uh, tell this mantra to anyone because you will suffer perdition. You will go to hell if you... So he promised. But when he comes out, the first thing he does is gathers all the people around him. <laughs> Climbs on top of a little mound and then he says you know what I am going to tell you a mantra which will liberate everyone he gives the mantra so his guru says that why did you disobey me you will go to hell he says I know and I accept it hell is better than this kind of a feeling that I was having that I am a privileged person having this special thing which I can't share I have something priceless now, of course, in the story, the preparation readiness is one part. But there, that happens automatically. So all these secret schools of initiations, which had their own meaning, are coming out of their secrecies. Yoga is becoming more and more universal. See, that is how Shurabindo's, uh, if we look at how Shurabindo started this, this uh, new kind of yoga. You know, people normally come and they are initiated. Uh, so he was asked that, you know, when we come here, they, they know that there is a mantra of initiation. So they wrote to Shurabindo, uh, I want a mantra from the mother for initiation. So Shurabindo writes, the mother does not give mantra, she gives work. <laughs> Can I come? He says, do you have the call? Call? Never heard of this. Looks into the pocket, goes to the telegram office. Is there a call? Is there a telegram waiting for me from Shurabindo that you come? So the person says, there is no telegram, nothing. What do you mean by call? He says, you have to feel it inside. Either you have the call or you don't have. You have to see inside whether you have a call for this yoga or not. And if you have the call, go ahead. He has freed it from all the external trappings. What is the method of yoga? And it's very difficult for human mind to comprehend. What about the mantra? Mother says if you need a mantra, it will spring from inside. <laughs> Otherwise, you can take Shurabindo's name or mine. Shurabindo's famous letter. There is no method in this yoga except to take the mother's name or mine. Then she says if you need a mantra, it will come from inside because the psychic being of man does the same thing what a guru does from outside. What does a guru do? He connects us to the divine, a true guru. There is the this guru dhamma. Like religionism, so I am not talking of Gurudam, not worth wasting our breath on Gurudam. A true Guru, which is a rare thing to have. What does he do? He connects, inspires, awakens. Suddenly the soul comes out of its slumber and says, hey, there is a, something tremendous truth. After that, time to time there is a support and help, but the person moves along this path towards the realization because the veil has been removed in principle. It comes back, you have to go, that's the whole process. But for a moment there is a glimpse, that's what a guru does. When she says this, the psychic being in man does the same thing. It's developed, it connects suddenly and one day we, while walking or watching a landscape, sitting in a place, in a state of reverie, suddenly feel that there is something more than this reality. A door is open and we escape. These kind of things are going to grow upon humanity more and more because we are entering that age when all these structures, mental structures in which God was trapped in a prison house, he is escaping and escaping everywhere. He was imprisoned and the jailer called himself a priest. To meet God, who was his prison mate, you had to bribe him. Can't go there. <laughs> so now what has he done? He just escaped and he's everywhere. It's, 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 
It's the truth. That's how you have to experience. Look at Shurabindu's yoga. How did it take place? We often talk about uh, God in the battlefield with regard to Arjuna. What about Shurabindu? Where did God choose to reveal, reveal himself? In a prison. And this is a beautiful essay of his prison and freedom. Suddenly, unexpectedly, there is a great joy in that. When, that's a big problem with having fixed techniques. Because poor God, you have limited him. Only when I do 108 times this pranayama, he will come. He says, it's too difficult to wait. I was ready to come right away. Now somebody else has called me. What to do? You know, you are going to do some 1008 times this homa yagna. I'm sorry, I'm a bit busy. Whole world is calling me. I can't be waiting here. So what he does, he sends some representative. Okay, I am too busy. This devata, that devata and that devata appears and we think we have seen God. He is representative, not the real stuff. We have a grand vision after doing so much of tapasya and we say, ah. And so we justify. This is what has happened till now. But now it's an age of universal disclosure and the instruments of human beings are being tuned just as children from childhood know how to handle WhatsApp and know how to handle the smartphone. Why? Because mind has reached its intense activity. You see, see the age. So it's very difficult now human instrument to adapt. You know, when I was studying medicine, we were taught that the only cells in the body which don't grow after a point, that is the brain cells. Means the master controller will not grow. So you can't really adapt. You can grow other things, but this fellow is the same stupid monkey. And not only that, after a certain age, it begins to degenerate. Master organ is like that. Today's findings are, today's I mean five years back, that no, it's not true. The neurons grow, continue to grow, change, adopt, adapt new functions. Now, what's happening? This is not just that Earlier scientists didn't observe it right. It's because something has really happened which is unprecedented. And because of this, we are new instruments are being developed. Long back, when mother was asked about how to read Shirobindo, she gives something very interesting. She says, read every day a little in an atmosphere of quietude. Then she says something very interesting. Do not try to understand. Do not try to understand. Because when you understand, you will turn it into a religion. And the clearer you understand, the greater the religion you will form. You know, that's how religions are formed. Understanding must spring from within. So, then she says, if you read it like this, slowly the consciousness which is there in the words will act and, mark the words, create new brain cells if necessary for the understanding. New brain cells. So when we read Savitri, we are engaging in yoga. When we read Shurabindo's works, we are engaging in yoga. New brain cells just to open themselves to the light. Right now these brain cells are not fuzzy. They cannot. So that's why the effect of life divine is good sleep. It's alright. Better than taking sleeping pills. Doctor's recommendation. If you have a sleeping problem, please read the Life Divine. It's a win. It's a win-win situation. The pharmaceutical companies are going to throw me out of the industry. This fellow is crushing us. It's a win-win situation. Either you will end up being illumined and enlightened, or you will have a good sleep. At least, possibly you will keep the Life Divine by the side of your pillow. Because you know, when you are a bit drowsy, you don't take the... So you are sleeping by the side of the Lord, His word body. What do we need more? So this is, this is what is happening, like uh, what Shivindas used the word, a spiritual revolution, whose just first stirrings we are feeling. Now this spiritual revolution is of a very different kind. So when we talk about, you know... All religions speak the same truth and there is one spirituality. We still go back to an inter-religious dialogue. Inter-faith meetings. As if God is shut only in that particular religious framework. 
What about the poor scientist? He has to remain an atheist or he has to keep his private beliefs within himself. Isn't it? That was the old world. Scientists may believe in God, but when he comes to actually in the laboratory, he keeps God either outside or deep within. He, you know, he is... In some places, you, you can't discuss it openly. It doesn't count well. So God said, okay, doesn't matter. You play the games on your terms. I'll play by my terms. So suddenly a scientist digging deep and deep and deep into matter says, my God, there is no end to it, digging it. So he calls it God particular. <laughs> he said, what to do? You break it, more and more will come. It's infinitesimal, infinitely infinitesimal. So he says God particle. And he knows that you can keep on breaking it further and further. God has suddenly appeared in the lab where you were not supposed to take name of God. You <laughs> And the most sophisticated lab. So now everybody can talk about it. God is out in the open. The secret is out. I am not intending to say that God particle is same as, you know, that. that's not the idea. But the idea is that look at this world, science is converging more and more towards spiritual truth. This is what Shurabindo sees in the Alipur jail. And he talks about Sanatan Dharma. He says Sanatan Dharma is that Dharma which can integrate material life, which can take science and everything it can bring together because in everything there is a disclosure of the divine. When a scientist studies matter, he is studying not just matter, you know, just studying water. Anything, if we go into its depth, we will touch the same bedrock because that is the foundation of everything. Just studying water, you can reach a point where you discover God in his wonderful way and actually scientists are discovering, see all the research on water. Now they say that water is a strange thing. Water is like Brahman. You know, you put it in any color, it assumes that color. So earlier, you know, you change its states. But the beauty of water is water retains information. It never loses it like the soul. Now how it retains information? Now look at where science has reached. So it says that if you put, uh, this is a recent experiment, if you put in water, say, DNA of an organism, then you take out the DNA. So now there is nothing in the water, right? Now you put some amino acids, which are the constituent of DNA. Water, because of the information and the memory it has, it reconstitutes and creates a DNA out of it. How does it do it? Nobody has taught it. It's amazing. You're discovering consciousness everywhere. Look at the implications in the future. This technology will pale away. Probably in future, all that we will know is when somebody goes to a doctor, he will say, okay, what problem? Cancer. Okay, get that water. <laughs> this problem, get that water. You know, Shubhinder speaks of the Naga Sanyasi and he says, first time I encountered the powers of the uh, spiritual consciousness. And he says that uh, Barin had a fever, he was suffering from mountain fever. And uh, for many days, weeks, and this Naga Sanyasi comes, asks for a glass of water, cuts it with knife into two, says something and says, let him drink it, he'll be fine. So he drinks it and he's fine. 30 years back, it would have been called superstition. Today we'll say, yes, possible. Because water retains information. Possibly it can be charged by vibrations of a deeper consciousness. Perhaps Charnamrit was a fact. Only it was not limited to a temple. You can turn anything into Charnamrit by offering. See how all these spiritual practices evolve. Olden times Prasadam was only in a particular place. Now you can turn everything into Prasadam. And especially when you have no choice, like when you are going by flight. So you can't decide what meal. Okay, you write all that Asian wage and all that, but you can't help it. So you turn it into prasadam. Lord. <laughs> Somebody asked me after I reached, so uncle, how was the food? I said, the same old trash. I took it as prasadam. <laughs> it's the same thing. You can't. <laughs> now look at the whole thing which is changing now. Now this is only one or two fields I am talking about. Psychology, this spirituality is coming in very strange ways. It started by the textbook of psychology admitting that meditation helps. 
So it says meditation helps. Says the yogi, the scientists are listening. This was the book I had read way back, 80s. While doing my post-graduation in psychiatry, they're meditation. Now, new models which incorporate that understanding of man is incomplete unless you bring in the spiritual dimension and the spiritual consciousness. So it has gone far beyond just some meditative practices or mindfulness or this or that. And it has exploded into a new understanding, a new vision of man. So we have psychology, we have biology, we have medicine, we have physics, we have chemistry, water, where all these things are declaring themselves. Music, new art form, music is breaking boundaries, very difficult to say whether it, after some time whether it's Indian classical, western, you know, now the term which is used is fusion music. But it's a step towards, it breaks the old pattern and is bringing something new which is going to uh, evolve further and further. It's just the first stirrings. So this universal spirituality is not just about that, you know, all paths ultimately lead to God. That is still old stuff. We have to now say that not only all classical paths lead to the same God, but God is everywhere and in everything and He may choose to disclose Himself any which way. Maybe in a human relationship, why not? He is everywhere and look how life will change if we begin to look at relationships like that. Take one example. There was a monastery where things were not going well. Once it was prospering, then later on people began to, you know, uh, nobody would come, no money, everything began to dwindle. So the priests sat together and said, what is going wrong? So they called, all the abbots called a wise man. Always there is a wise man somewhere in the mountains. <laughs> Anyways, they called a wise man and asked him, what is the problem? He said, okay, I'll tell each of you the secret way to get back to it, but I'll tell you separately. Four abbots, they said, okay. He said something and went away. They were not supposed to discuss with each other. But somehow the ministry, the, the monastery began to pick up. People started coming, money started flowing. So one day they thought, after all, let's exchange notes. What did he say to each one? To each one he said the same thing. What was that same thing? You know what, I'll tell you a secret. You people don't know. One of you is Christ. <laughs> one of among you is Christ. Now they are scared. I am fighting with this guy, maybe he is Christ. <laughs> so slowly they began to develop a state of compassion, understanding. Who knows Christ is standing in a mask. <laughs> so this, what, what is it? It is, it, it, if I have to put a technical term, books are being written on it. It's called management by consciousness. New forms of management are coming up. When we talk about more compassionate management, what is it? It's a recognition that management or business is not just about me alone. I can't prosper and thrive if everything around me doesn't prosper and thrive. If I have a very good high-tech store surrounded by all these slums, who is going to buy? So I have to engage simultaneously. Now this is what is the yoga of world changing yoga which is coming through so many doors it's come into management it's coming into business models it's coming into the world play at the national level people realize that we can't follow the old way we got to get together otherwise we'll end up destroying this sense is awakening up and slowly the world is marching towards a new becoming thus far is all right but then who is going to guide this process. Now mother see, look at the beauty of mother. We, we talk about the new creation yesterday and it was born on 29th February 1956 amidst all the tumults. Second World War can be actually seen as the labor pangs of this new world. Where all the old forms were destroyed. After that, lot of funny things came up. Crazy ways of art, crazy ways of looking at life because the old forms were destroyed. And then we had the birth of this supramental being. But supramental, what she has brought down is far. 
It's there in the new creation, in the children. They will embody it. But who is going to guide them? And that's when we have the great importance of the event. Whose golden jubilee we are celebrating this year. Many people are not aware of it. It's the descent of the Superman consciousness on 1st January 1969, which was originally a kind of quasi-theme of this whole conference. Why this event is important? I personally feel it's a very important event after the supramental manifestation. Because the mother and Shivindu, the mother had started withdrawing inside and she used to say, my consciousness, love is there and you have to go. But still she knows the way is very far. Human beings need some kind of a guidance. So superman consciousness is what? It is a mentor consciousness. That's what she has used. Delegated by the supermind. It is the supermind, but delegated to mentor human beings. It is mentoring us. It's an inner training which is going on without our realizing this consciousness is touching a point here, touching a point there, opening a door here, shutting a window there and suddenly human beings without their knowledge are waking up to a deeper consciousness. We read those wonderful lines in the morning. How you know this is going to explode and more and more souls are going to enter into light because this consciousness is active. And she used certain interesting words. She says it's benevolent. And then she used the word but it's a benevolent power. It's not a benevolence which comes out of weakness. It's a power, but a benevolent power. So now we talk about forgiveness. We talk about, you know, more compassion in our dealings. She says it's a compassionate consciousness. See, 50 years back, look how things change, landscape. If somebody committed a murder, or 100 years back, if somebody committed a murder, despite all that, Christ said, people would still stone them to death. There are portions within this world where they do the same, but let's for a moment leave aside There's the last trace of pus being you know, evacuated from the abscess of the body of earth. But this was the way of life. You take the law into your hands and you finish the person. Then there came law, result of a rationalistic mental society. What was the law? If you killed someone, you can be hanged. You ought to be hanged. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, that's it. You have committed this, you need to be punished. Punishment was the law. And now you see, there is a debate going on. Should you really do it? Is capital punishment justified? What has happened? Something is changing inside. People are debating this. Not only that, look at another science. Prisons are becoming reformatory. I don't know about uh, um, United States, but I know in India, many prisons are becoming reformatories. Regularly, there is some kind of a class going on and uh, I have myself been involved in a couple of them. And uh, those who, what does it mean? It means humanity can change. Even the worst criminal has a chance to change. After all, it had to happen because Shurabindo went amidst them and saw Narayana. It was inevitable. But it is coming up in this way in the field of polity and administration in the hardcore system of justice. Justice itself is taking a new thought upon itself. Who has done it? Who has been the leader to ask this change? Public cry. Humanity all over the world is beginning to feel this change. That's what the mother says. The future of the earth depends upon a change of consciousness. And everywhere... All over the world, there are those who feel it and feel the need for it. A new world based upon truth, refusing it old slavery to falsehood is being born. And all over the world, there are few individuals who feel it. And then she says, it is to them we call. Will you collaborate? And in the first message, she says that they, and this change is bound to come. But it is left for men to decide whether they will collaborate in the change or the change is thrust upon them by the power of crashing circumstances. So we have, now you know we talk about um, solar and all this. So all these countless things are coming up. I mean, there is no limit to recounting them. 
even politics and money as i was saying money is this of course has been much talked about so i don't want to spend much time on it but from hard money it has become digital money digital money it has become hidden money cryptocurrency <laughs> we, we may not like it but look where money is gone it's become free from banks you don't need to deposit it anywhere it's there we today we, we call it illegal it's fine but tomorrow's world you will have this it's going to come in a big way it has a potential for crime yes of course every new thing which comes has a potential for harm but in in the future this is going to govern the world it's born like that it doesn't know how to handle it when human beings change then this will be a kind of future which is opening through back door look at it it's a crime today if you talk about cryptocurrency now india has taken a very interesting step it is no no it's okay you have it but declare it so you pay the taxes smart move <laughs> so it's no more illegal that i mean this debate is going on i I'm, but at least this thought has come up it, because they know you can't do anything about it it's there plenty of transaction taking place money in a hidden way hidden means the beauty of this money is unlike digital money it is no more banks banks don't hold the money i imagine what it means and it escalates like anything it's going back to its original form which is very subtle in the vital world so all these changes are part of this universal spirituality you can't now that idea that this is my guru that is your guru those who want to keep it kindergarten is always there souls need to grow through that there is also the primary school and middle school but humanity is reaching a point where it's exploding in every direction and in every way the question then is what about yoga this mental consciousness is doing it she even has gone on to say this superman consciousness will end up making man discover ways to transmute the body far reaching implications look at its effect that today scientists are saying that you can prolong life indefinitely one of the things that the mother was talking about and 150 years is well within the reach and the way the one is playing with the base of life it's quite likely quite possible so this is the way it's unfolding that what about conscious yoga will it have no role well it will always have a role there are few who are playing this play but even in this play they have the delight of the one and the oneness while it is growing upon human beings as shobindo says god shall grow up while the wise men talk and sleep there will always be individuals and they must follow their calling who will engage in always the divine is moving afar in that delight of yoga in bringing the, those things which are yet to come beyond the supramental beyond the world of bliss out of the infinite mother's womb you know one of the beauty of savitri it starts with the thick of night and followed by a day daybreak you know that's how savitri starts you know where does it end and maybe with that we can stop and take a couple of question it starts with it was the hour before the gods awake and then comes the dawn the first canto is symbol dawn and then there is a whole day through which lot of events take place inwardly and outwardly and then at the end of the day when dusk has fallen and night is about to come and things have changed the blind king has got the sight and the kingdom back and satyavan has come back and all this has happened what is savitri doing is she going back to enjoy life here after at the end of savitri page 724 then while they skirted yet the southward verge lost in the halo of her musing brows they look upon savitri musing brows they know a great change has come on her they ask her what is your secret what path you have followed look at the path of savitri when they ask what path you have followed to give so much radiance so much power what has empowered you so much is it gyan yoga is it bhakti yoga karma yoga my yoga your yoga what does savitri tell them awakened to the meaning of my heart 
that to feel love and oneness is to live we are dead otherwise and this the magic of our golden change is all the truth i know or seek o sage so when the two luminous words they wonder what has she said she didn't tell us what mantra to do she didn't tell us what is the process of meditation she just says this and then they begin to go behind wondering at her and her two luminous words westward they stand in the fast gathering night but look at savitri lost in the halo of her musing brows night splendid with the moon dreaming in heaven so this moon has a reason in silver peace possessed her luminous reign she brooded through her stillness on a thought deep guarded by her mystic folds of light and in her bosom nursed a greater dawn because god moves always forward so there will always be those who will go beyond the you know expanding consciousness mind heart the life energy reaching out to the mars this is what is happening it's like a jor bhata you know high tide mankind is dreaming of things what has happened to the life impulse in man will colonize mars of course we must dream of it why not look at the way the life energy body immense possibilities of the body physical culture in countless ways so all these are happening spontaneously and in every which way at every through every door on every walkway on every lane and by lane now we are having a chance to meet the one spirit and feel its breath that sustains all life any quick question we have 5 minutes and we can take it up yes please when changes are happening what will be the ultimate change and how the world will look like when there's an ultimate change well this is the crucial change through which we are going what will be the ultimate change first will why this step is so important because until now the evolution was happening under a consciousness of division what is called also as an ignorant consciousness so ignorant consciousness was on the forefront one and oneness was behind though if we look deep into anything we can discover the oneness inside the uh, behind the multiple variations of the uh, countless plants and leaves no two leaves are the same on the same branch still you will end up discovering the secret oneness it's scientific behind all these objects hanging in space physical object this is the same atomic uh, electron constitution so oneness was there in the behind but on the surface we were engaging with multiplicity same with the mind behind all the languages you know countless people have spent so much time learning languages when i went to the pondicherry tamil is spoken so they said doctor you have to learn tamil now i said i don't need i have studied in fmc pune without learning marathi but i navigated said, what do you mean i said i know one language which applies everywhere oh what language is it sanskrit i said no excuse me which language i said i know the language of the heart i know how to smile i know how to hold a hand when it's needed i know how to you know caress the hairs when a patient needs it i know how to tell him reassure by a gesture of my face and say everything is all right that's all he needs he doesn't need me to recount a shloka and say ah this is the ultimate god speaks through flowers we can't speak that language we can speak that's mother spoken about a new language which will evolve which that's a different subject altogether so ultimately what is going to come when we have taken this leap from a state of division to a state of oneness it comes from the heart that's why she speaks of heart the power of oneness comes from the heart mind invariably divides even two people speaking the same language will criticize each other because of the dialect i don't know whether you have experienced it or not 
Oh, this dialect, it's a very coarse, rough dialect. Rustic. My dialect is a very sophisticated one. Okay, there is some truth in it, I am not saying. But look at the, because human mind invariably divides. Whereas heart unites. Your child goes, whatever he may do, whatever he may not agree, disagree. At the end of the day, when he comes back and embraces you, what happens? Do we have to make an effort to forgive? Oh, I will forgive him. You just embrace. Say, here you come. I was waiting for you. That's all that is needed. So, this state, let it come. Because this is the next crucial step. And once oneness, the play of oneness starts, then struggle. As I said, when you deal with relationship, that story of the four abbots, you say that this is not my wife, she is Jagat Janani Ma. Experience, I had this experience yesterday and now HP is telling me there are more such experiences. I am sharing, it's not a joke. Outside I was standing in the break and taking a cup of tea. And I discovered in my kurta, there is a little knot. From long time I had not worn it, probably I had never noticed it. So I realized I can't put my phone easily. I have to just navigate all kinds of things. So I discovered, closer look, there is a knot. I said, I need to cut it. And to cut it, I need a knife. So I said, I need a knife. And I went inside, I sat. And Gita Di comes with a knife, literally. And she came to tell me something. She didn't come to give me a knife. But knife in one hand, like the goddess Kali, on one side. And holding some bowl in another, like Lakshmi. I said, this is Kali and Lakshmi fused. But I was more impressed by the Kali. So as she comes near, before she started saying something, I said, oh, the knife, the knife, I need the knife. <laughs> I don't know, she must have wondered, why does he need the knife? <laughs> and then she must have, she saw the surgery I did. It's an amazing thing. <laughs> Imagine needing the knife and the knife comes to us. Now this is the singularity of consciousness. Not that it's done consciously. Yeah, so the other story, then he told me, See, that's why I'm saying, don't go by appearances. HP is all in front. But I tell you who is behind. Always, you know, the, the one who is behind. So, he told another very interesting story that uh, HP and Gitadi and one more uh, friend, they went to Shirdbindu's room. And after the usual beautiful meditation, suddenly the friend wants to uh, offer some money. But... He has forgotten to keep it. So he just can't find money. And before he can apply all his thought and feel bad, Gita Di pulls out money from her purse and hands over to him. Now you know what is this? This is a state of singularity. Now when we live like that, won't life be beautiful? People who think spirituality is for retired age and you know when I am old, it is no good at that time. Young people should practice it. The younger the better. They should live this consciousness. They should breathe this. They should know there is a truth of oneness. And it's so, it's empowering. It's tremendously empowering. You can walk into any land, anywhere and not feel threatened. Because the Isha Upanishad says, He who lives in a state of oneness, Tato Navij Gupsati. He doesn't shrink from anything. Because you see that oneness. You see the Divine Mother everywhere. It's an amazing state to be in. So when we have reached this state, which is already a big change, then what happens next? Well, the Divine Mother is infinite and we have the dance of infinity. What words can describe the glories that are waiting to unfold? Could a chimpanzee have ever known that one day I will play with this computer? And computer is a big thing for a chimpanzee. And when we begin to play with that, all this computer stuff and high-tech hospital, their business will close. All the healing energies, all the knowledge will come from within, spontaneously. Even technical knowledge. In mother's life, there are a number of examples in Golkund when they didn't know where to dig and she said, here, do it this way. And Pavitra Dao is an engineer and architect, um, uh, all these people were there. So they said, mother, how did you know? She said, well, I don't need to study 
mathematics and engineering to know. Now, this is not a freak phenomena. Mother and Shubhendu didn't come to show some freak phenomena and miracles so that we say, ah, they came to say this is a possibility within us. If we read Savitri, book 1, canto 3, we see so many things Ashupati is experiencing and then mother when she comments on it, these are the experiences which the new being will have spontaneously. Intuition, inspiration, revelation, they'll be the order of the day. So life will change. Today what happens? Two persons are communicating. So one person says something, let's say, you know, you know how fond I am of you. Oh, come on. I have heard this. I am cheesed off with this. You don't mean it. Now the fellow doesn't know. Now if he keeps quiet, see you don't say anything. He doesn't know whether to say or not to say. So he becomes clumsy. At the end, two people who speak the same language are living together for years. They still fight. Why? Because they don't have the deeper sense of union through consciousness. But when we unite with not only human beings and you know, this is a small thing, family, but with the world, with objects, with plants, with even the hostile animals, with consciousness, it will be very different. You know, don't need to carry guns. Mother's story that she is sitting and meditating and suddenly she, she would meditate with open eyes. She feels a little uncomfortable about something and she sees right uh, in front of her there is a cobra with a hood. She looks at the cobra. She says, why has he come? Why is he angry? So she asks, why are you angry? Then she realizes that she is sitting on his home. She was sitting below a tree. So without threatening the cobra, look at the gesture. She is not saying without feeling fear. That is obvious. Without making him feel threatened. She gradually shifts the spot. Gradually shifts the spot. And the cobra sees it. She shifts the spot. When he says, no, my home is safe. He dropped the hood, went back and jumped into the pond or the river from which it came. And then she says, oh, what a beauty. When we begin to live this vision, we don't need to carry anything with us. Probably a day will come when even passport is not needed. Visa, the person sitting there will be able to see and say, get in or stay hold. This is where we are tending. It's a big change. Let's first get to that point. And then after that, imagine when all this is there and what dance the divine is going to weave the dance of Ananda, whose faint image is reflected in Sri Krishna's story of the dance of Vrindavan. When everyone believes that, or knows, not believes, sees the divine in oneself and in all, and the divine holding all things, what infinite delight can there be? Delight for which the creation is made, delight from which it has originated, not some desire, delight from which the creation has emerged, Delight that sustains creation so that even those who are suffering intensely, when they say, I want to commit suicide, behind there is a thought, maybe I don't need to, to be or not to be. And delight towards which we will reach. But for that delight to play freely in human nature or the superhumanity of tomorrow, we need the base of the truth consciousness. That is the thing about the supramental. If you try it other ways, like in Vaishnava Bhakti, very soon the instrument which is not ready, it tends to we begin to jump, dance, do all kinds of things, weep, because the instrument can't contain that tremendous delight. So beyond the supermind, there is the play of infinite delight. Ananta Ananda. Thank you so much.